Like many of you, I've been troubled by the news from Ukraine over these past few weeks. I've watched videos of children who look very much like my own, playing among cots in makeshift shelters in Poland. Heard the news of maternity hospitals hit by missiles, and I listened to a Ukrainian pastor who talked about his seminary, which was destroyed by bombs, all of his books lost. He doesn't know what's become of his house. He can't get there because that area of his city is now controlled by the Russian army. And yet every day, he goes out at much risk to himself to care for the vulnerable, check in on the elderly who were not able to evacuate, make sure that they have enough to eat. What are we to make of a time like this, only the latest of a string of human disasters? When I begin to ask that question, I often turn to the advice of Karl Barth, a theologian who was teaching in Germany at the time of the rise of the Nazis and who helped the resisting church to stand up to Hitler. Barth told his students to preach with the Bible in one hand and the newspaper in the other. He said that it is through the scriptures that we are to interpret the news. I've been consuming a lot of news, and I've learned a great deal of history about this conflict, things that I never knew about Ukraine and Russia. And yet, even the experts don't have any real guidance for us. They, too, seem worried. So as I read our scriptures for this morning, I took Karl Barth's advice to heart and tried to see what understanding we can gain from the scriptures for how to understand the current events happening all around us. Begin with our lesson from Exodus. Moses was somebody who knew something about oppression. He had survived a genocide as an infant and then been raised in a culture of privilege in Pharaoh's household. But as a young man, he began to see and witness the slavery of his people. And like so many, he decided to address injustice and violence with violence in return. One day, walking out in the fields, he saw one of his fellow Israelites being beaten by an Egyptian overseer, and Moses murdered him. But that act of violence didn't bring the justice that he hoped for. Instead, Moses had to flee into the wilderness where he could no longer return to Egypt. It was there that he settled down 
married an Ethiopian girl and began to tend her father's sheep. You can imagine that through that whole time, Moses still had the people of Israel and their situation in his heart, praying for them. But over that time in the wilderness, I think he also realized that he had no power in himself to save them. It was when he came fully to that realization that God invited Moses into his conspiracy of rescue. God had heard Moses' prayers and the prayers of all of Israel, and God was going to act to do something. But it was only when Moses had given up his power that God let him into the plan. Not as a military commander, but as someone who could go forward and tell the truth. In the example of Moses, I think we can find an example of what we are called to in this time. Called to in any time of crisis. We need to go to the wilderness place where we can stand outside and see the reality for what it is from a space of silence, waiting. It's there that we can begin to do the inner work that is necessary. Because the fascisms that exist outside are not so bad as the fascism that we have in our own hearts, our desire for power and for control. It's in the wilderness that we learn to give those things up. But it's also in the wilderness that we can learn the great power of prayer. Through Moses' prayers and the prayers of the people, their energies were joined with God's almighty act. They called forward God's action in the world, we are called to do the same. In the book of Romans, Paul talks about God's spirit groaning within us for the redemption of all creation. So when we hear the heartache of the world on the news, we can join in that spirit groaning, calling forth God's work of reconciliation in the world. Our other instruction for what to do and how to understand this time comes from our gospel lesson this morning. In the gospel reading, we witness Jesus taking Karl Barth's advice. Maybe it was the other way around, but... Jesus is here hearing the news of the day, the the two big stories. Pilate had killed some Galileans, probably people who had resisted paying the Roman imperial tax. So he'd made an example of them as they came to Jerusalem to offer their sacrifice. Everyone was talking about it. Then in Siloam, There had been an accident where a tower had fallen on 15 people. 
And people wanted to know what Jesus thought of these things. And as is so often in our own time, some people were saying that maybe these people had done something to deserve such terrible deaths. Looking at the news stories of his day, Jesus said that the lesson we should draw is not that these people did anything bad to deserve these deaths, but instead that we should witness in them the reality that life is fragile. We never know when our lives will end. And so, in response, we shouldn't wait around to change ourselves. We shouldn't wait around to align our lives with God's reign and to repent. I've preached before about this term, repentance. In the Greek of the New Testament, the word is metanoia. One better way to translate it is to change our hearts and our lives. That's what we're being called to, to change our hearts and our lives into alignment with the healing and reconciliation that God is bringing into the world. But what does this mean in the face of a conflict like that in Ukraine? How are we to change in the face of that? I don't have any clear or easy answers, and I think that we should discern as, a, as individuals and as a community of, of what we should do. But in watching the news and witnessing what's happening in Ukraine, one thing that I think is clear is that so much of our life depends upon what is wrong in the world. That perhaps part of our call to repentance is to move away from that, to change now so that we can live lives that are aligned with the healing that God wants to bring to all creation. So we must learn how to enter into that change, following Jesus, following Moses in the way of humility. And in doing so, we should go to the wilderness, enter into silence and prayer, and begin to discern what now we should do. Perhaps our call in repentance is to simplify our lives so that we are less dependent on the economies of extraction, whether it's the mining of lithium or drilling for petroleum. Whatever it is, our call is to join God's work of love. We learn that call by turning to our scriptures and turning to the news, following Karl Barth's advice. But I think, at least for me, that far too often we read more news than we do scripture. So we would do well to reverse those roles. It's in scripture that we find the deeper meaning of things. It's when we turn to Scripture that we can truly understand the news and what our response to this hurting world should be. 
It's in scripture that we encounter Christ, the Prince of Peace, who came into our hurting world, joined into its suffering, and yet started this inbreaking of resurrection life. So let us join our lives in prayer and repentance so that we too can be agents of that resurrection. Amen.